0: Let now there be a continuation of worship. That there was melody and music accompanying, but now there will be proclamation from your word and let it all just work together in a harmonious fashion. It's in your name. We pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Worship team. Y'all are a blessing. My goodness, man, how I miss everybody being together. But soon, and very soon, someday. Now we are going to see the King. Not, not that one. But soon, soon, y'all. I was um, dating my wife. I'm in that stage of dating before we uh, got engaged. We might. I was before we got engaged. I think. uh, no, it might have been just after we got engaged. Sorry. Um, dating my wife. I want to impress her brother, impress her mom, her dad. I want to impress folks. So I'm trying to be on the up and up. And somehow like my car went down. So my car goes down and I might have told you all this story some years ago, but car goes down. Her mom, out of her kindness, says, hey, you can use my car. One of the cars we have at our place. So she lets me use this little metal 87 Toyota Tercel, uh, stick shift. Cool. I'm whipping around in this thing. So I go to her job, um, say something to her mom, see Rebecca. As I'm leaving, there's three lanes of traffic, two lanes heading straight. Last lane is a turning lane. So I'm coming out and I know what I should do is just wait, let everybody go so that I can have clear focus to see everything myself so I can be wise and discerning of when it's best to go. But instead I'm impatient. There's a red light, there's a number of cars sitting. And so I come up, there's a car that waits. He kind of said, looks at me and lets me, he stops so that I can pull out. I'm now in the first lane. I look at the guy in the second lane as to motion to him, do you see somebody in the third lane coming? Like, what's up? Look out for me. My focus is on him and him alone. My focus is on this man. This man looks at me with the, come on. Cool. So I start pulling out. T-Bomb smacked me. I, 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 I get out the car. I'm okay. The lady's Okay. Her car's messed up. The uh, mom's car actually is pretty cool. Hey, back in '87, they made little tanks, y'all. You know? It was all steel, so it, it was it was the frame was bent, but it still drove. Uh, I just you know rolled like this half of the time, you know. But but the car was still cool. And I looked around, and the brother that told me, "Come on, go." Long gone. Family. Sometimes our our focus can be on man. And sometimes when we focus on man, it can lead towards some, some accidents that are unintentional, but sometimes some, some catastrophic events. Some of us have our, our focus on man and it can lead towards our demise. Today, we're going to get into God's word and God's word is going to help us see somewhere where we have put our focus as people, how we have at times put our focus on traditions, our focus on on these uh, behaviors that have been passed down from generation to generation where where sometimes our focus on tradition. Trump's truth. Today, would you turn with me as we look at when focus? Excuse me, when tradition Trump's truth. Look with Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. We're going to look at just verses 1 through 9. Matthew. Chapter 15. And it reads. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them. And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded honor your honor, your father and your mother and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, what you have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, You have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. Well, Isaiah prophesied. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Verses one and two. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, why do your disciples break the tradition of elders? For they do not wash their hands and eat. Who is this group? Who is this this term Pharisees? This is a a religious group of Jews that were contemporaries to Christ. They walked the streets with Christ. You'd find them in the temples with Christ. They had influence over people whom Jesus was coming into contact with. They were serious about observing the laws. And they also were serious about the written law as well as the oral law and the written law. The the, the Torah they had in hand, but there were oral laws that were passed down and were continuing to, 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 to add up and be added to. And so the oral law was something that at times would take precedent over the written law. And so we were having this, this, this issue almost sometimes of laws seeming to combat one another. And at times the Pharisees took the oral law to take the high ground. And you know what, what, what oral law is. We have oral law today. So don't act like the Pharisees was just crazy and tripping. You know, you, you got your legal issues, legal things that keep you right with the with the popo. But then you got... Simple laws in your house like say thank you. That's an oral law that's been passed down or something you've been taught as a child or you teach children help someone when they fall. Don't to always tell the tell the truth. And my favorite, don't play with yellow snow. Ah, Come on now. Hey, there's oral laws. There's things we pass on to one another that might not be written, but it's ways we conduct ourselves. Well, what was happening is the Torah was the written law, but these oral laws were being used and seen almost as powerful, if not more than. And so you got these Pharisees that come to find Jesus. And they have uh, uh, influence over people. They're like a, a middle class crew, but they they have influence because when you see them, they're doing things that make you think they're devout. They're praying all the time. They're fasting quite often. They dress a certain way. They eat with a strict diet. So you look at them, and you're like, man, if they're that disciplined. They must be that much closer to God. They must be living right. So we should. Listen to them. But this Jesus comes on the scene. And in the, in the chapter previous, in chapter 14, Jesus is handing out stimulus checks. I mean, Jesus is feeding folks. He's making sure thousands of folks eat. He's making sure folks' bellies are full. He's making sure people that, that are dealing with health issues and sicknesses are brought to him. And he's healing people. And now this influential group of people who used to have their ear and attention towards the Pharisees and listen to them are now listening to this Jesus. They're now seeing this Jesus move. They're now doing whatever they can to find this Jesus. And so this Jesus is now a threat to the Pharisees. And Jesus respond. And and they they say to Jesus, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders for they do not wash their hands? So in Exodus, uh, we see in Exodus, chapter 30, verses 18 through 21, uh, where Aaron and all of his sons are called to wash their hands. But then by the time you you get to Mark, chapter seven, verse three through four, it's not just Aaron and his lineage. Excuse me. It's all Jews. Are washing their hands every time they they come from the marketplace and they 're expected to wash the outside of a bowl and make sure that a cup is clean and there's and now what seemed like was unique for Aaron over time, the elders have added to it, and now it has become an oral law. Oral laws are interesting because they may have been started and rooted in a connection. To what God had written. But over time. It's added to. And before you know it. It takes on a life of its own. And oral law can. Be looked at as a. Man-made law. A standard that man would have. As to how we are supposed to live. uh, 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 A way of life that we think. Is best. And so these. Traditions could almost be synonymous with man-made ways of life. And they get passed down generation to generation. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying all tradition is bad. Please don't hear that. Some tradition is good. It is actually beneficial to wash your hands before you eat. It just doesn't mean that you're not in fellowship with God if you don't. And so now what was happening is that they are trying to catch Jesus up and they are trying to, to catch him in a man-made standard. And I walked out some man-made standards in my life and you have too. We have some going on in our culture right now, but let me, let me hip you to one from back in the day for me. When I was uh, young, my mama used to have me dressed fresh to death. Let me show y'all this picture of mama... Hooking me and my little bro up. We used to go to church. Yeah, my pulled out the old school. Um, we used to go to church, and mom would have us looking fresh. You know, I I I love suits, I love shirt and ties, I love getting dressed up. So when I actually became a a a, a um I say a spirit filled believer like my mom had had and my family had me in church as a young person. And I was I've been in church a long time. But when I was in college, I felt like the faith became my own in a way where I could defend it and feel like I was walking closely with Christ. So in college now I'm reading God's word and I'm like, OK, I'm supposed to give my heart, my mind, my soul. OK, I see that in the text that's written. But I take that to mean, okay. well, if that's worship, then that means I'm supposed to give you my all, which means that I'm supposed to dress the best because you want excellence. And therefore, if I'm supposed to be excellent and always be dressed, of course, everyone else is supposed to be dressed with their excellence. And so in order to come and worship in God's house, you need to have on a suit. tie. Slacks. Your best. You see, I took what might have started loosely as something written. Okay, he wants heart, mind, soul. all, And now it's man-made. And we see that tradition of dress in a number of different church expressions where you come in there in some jeans and see what happened. But do you see how... Easily something that may have started out as trying to be worshipful can take a life of its own and be a oral law that God didn't intend or is weighty or is a tradition that is ungodly. You see, sometimes we got to ask, man, that's a cool idea. But is that godly? Is that what God says in his word? And so they ask, why do you why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders for they do not wash their hand? And the implication that they have for Jesus is this. If you are a good rabbi, if you create people, disciples that follow behind you, then they would fit the mold. Your disciples would do as we are doing. They would meet our manly standards and fit the mold of what a disciple should look like and that gets very dangerous y'all it's it very dangerous when there's an expectation a man-made expectation for how another man's life should look i felt that weight I go into spaces where I'm with other black pastors or even other white pastors that serve within the city and we go into spaces and we talk and it's like, okay, hey, what's the what's the 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 matter at hand that we're here to discuss? And we start talking and we start doing life together and then we find out who one another is based on how you speak and what you say. But when I walk into suburban environments, even some suburban environments that have people of color, but most of the time suburban environments that have white people, and I say my church is in Detroit, I'm kind of sized up. Before we can talk about the matter at hand, Leon, are you a prosperity teacher, Detroit? Are you a uh a, 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 a mega church, Detroit? Are you a small and consequential church, Detroit? Are you a are what 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 are you a safe theology church, Detroit? Like like and and there's this mold that we're expected to to fit into. And I, and I, and I, as a pastor, part of that mold has been the title of evangelical. Part of that mold has been, been this title of what evangelicalism is. And, and, and I'm going to try to make this short, man. When I went to seminary, that term evangelical was introduced to me. Forgive me. I'm a, I'm a 24 year old, 23 year old. I don't remember, baby. Tell me how old we are in the chat when we went to seminary. Anyway, I go to, I'm, I'm in my t- mid-twenties and I go there and people start telling me about being an evangelical. So I start learning about it. Then I start asking folks around it and then I realize, dang, I'm in a white institution and white people don't even know what it is. I ask one, another, they confused on what evangelical. So now I'm, I'm in a conversation where people are battling about what evangelical is. I finally get this good rooting of what it is and the roots of evangelicalism is beautiful. Scripture alone, like, like, like the roots is beautiful. But just like a tree, you don't see the roots too often of a tree. And there's an expression that comes out of evangelicalism that can be quite abrasive. And I, as a pastor at times, saw that abrasive, or how should I say, conforming box be shared here within Mac. And I, Mac Church, want to apologize to you. Not because I think you should not uh, embrace the term evangelical if you desire to. If you desire to celebrate that term, great. And And as a church, we've used that term, and the term has a beautiful meaning to it. But it also has an expression that can be harmful. And at times as a pastor, I did not filter the harmful definitions that sometimes was was wrongly placed on church members. Specifically, I know there were a number of conversations Edith had to have with people when she said, I'm a black person that's been loving Jesus for a long time. That term is new. I don't want to associate it with me, but I do love Jesus dearly. And some people question my sister. And sister, I, before you, apologize as your pastor for not protecting you better. I say that to Edith, but I believe that it may have rippled throughout different aspects of Maccabre. Be careful of man-made things that may start off with a good intention, but end up being things that are used as gauges for whether we are conformed to Christ likeness evangelicalism is not the gauge for whether we are strong christians where am i are you against evangelical i don't know where i am at y'all i'm i'm still determining because sometimes I like to be a voice from within something that I long to see change. So I'm not totally against evangelicalism, but I will say, and some of y'all are like, what does that term even mean? I'm gonna get, I get to that another time. All that to say, family, yeah, it it is a it is a term that is connected with uh, um, a, a a certain set of doctrines and understandings about the gospel. And and I I want to make sure that no term that is man made defines us. God's word is what defines us as his people. And if we choose to take on a title then take it on, baby, and rep it to the fullest as long as it reps Christ. But you will not be forced into that. And I forgive me for times when I may. Have allowed that type of thing to happen. And so Jesus responds. Verse three. Jesus responds. And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Jesus responds not by jumping into what they've presented. He responds by saying, hold up. (laughs) You, You got a standard that's here but I got a standard that's here. Why are you breaking the commandments? Foundational for the sake of a elder man made. Some dude came after tradition. He makes it clear what the standard is to be. And our standard is one of godliness. I'm blessed to be around people that are older Y'all, too, I I love hanging out with with uh, um, our sister Carolyn. That's so wise. And Matthew and Betty Who are so wise. And I love being around them because it's not it's not wishy washy. They are like like if you come to them, they'll be very uh, kind to you, very helpful. Many of you know they've bent over backwards to to help a ton of us. But they, they also know their capacity. And they'll just say very plainly, no, I'm not doing that. That's out of my wheelhouse. No, <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no like they, they know their capacity. And, and I and I and, I, and I, I love that. I love that type of certainty of knowing what your standards are. Jesus affectionately says. Y'all are living by man's standards and I'm not interested in that. What y'all are doing doesn't make sense. Why would you break God's commandments for a tradition? God's law. God's truth. It trumps tradition every time, all of the time. Can tradition be a good thing? Yes. Can it ever supersede God's word? No. So he gives an example. He says in verse four, for God commanded, honor your father and your mother and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells you his father or mother, what would uh, what you would have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. The word of God. So now there's a verbal law, but 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 he's referencing an actual law that's written. Y'all remember, Mo, y'all remember we coming out with the tablets. Like this is written on stone to honor thy father and thy mother. One of the first five commandments. But but what are they referencing? In, in Mark 7. I don't think I gave it to you guys, but I'm going to I'm going to read it real quickly in Mark seven uh, verses 11 and 12. It says this it says, but you say if a man tells his father or mother, whatever you would have get, gained from me is Corbin. That is given to God. Then you no longer promote permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void. The word by your tradition that you have handed down any such things you do. All right. Y'all like, what is that talking about? Pastor, basically, you're supposed to be taking care of your mom and dad. Honor in that culture, in that system, in the the, the very definition of the word when used in that context means to revere and also provide financially. It means that 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 mom and dad blessed you. So you're going to bless them the rest of their life. And so what was happening is instead of financially making sure your mom and dad are set, these Pharisees would take an oath and they would take an oath to the temple and they would give money and put their um, uh, uh, even property in this kind of holding place within the temple check out what the African Bible commentary says. It says, But God's command was being evaded by those who took advantage of the tradition that they could declare an oath that any money or property that might be used to support their parents was Corbin. That is dedicated to God and therefore not available to their parents. However, these goods were still at the disposal of the person who made the oath during his or her lifetime. Here, the tradition of the elders clearly undermined the word of God and allowed the unscrupulous to avoid the duty to their parents. You see, now these Pharisees that are supposed to be upstanding have found, uh, created a man made loophole to be able to get around taking care of their mother and their father and keep their materials. This is supposed to be the godly. This is supposed to be the example. This is supposed to be what, what, what should be modeling for all culture. And this is the example of greed. Of selfishness. And we're not talking about. To strangers in the temple. We're talking about to. Mothers and fathers. So he says, "You hypocrites." Sometimes I like to define words for y'all. You know, hypocrites means but I feel like that context that led up to the way they're behaving makes it really clear what a hypocrite is. You hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesied of you when he said this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me in vain. Do they worship me teaching as doctrines the commandments of men? Of Men. We have to be careful. That we don't begin to slowly embrace man-made oral laws today. That we don't start seeing the benefits that we can get from wealth, pride being fed. We don't want to look religious, but our hearts be far from God. We don't want to be that type of person. This past week, some traditions was on display, y'all. Some man-made traditions were on display. Some that left Uh, some that the the left embraced, but we will have four years to talk prophetically about the left right now. We talking about the right. This week, the spotlight was on the supposed Christian party of the Republicans and Trump. Sometimes you can't see the man-made traditions that you hold dearly to until something catastrophic happens. You don't you don't realize some of the the norms that you've embraced from generation to generation until something happens to maybe wake you up a bit and it blows up in our faces. First injustice. and I'm only going to list a few as there are, are are many things that showed some traditions that we hold too high in our country the first injustice, racial injustice. You know, God's word is clear that we are all created in the Imago day, created in his image, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, all of us. But yet one picture captured how we don't reflect that in our country, in our day-to-day, in our relations with one another. It was an image of soldiers on the steps of the Capitol. This image is one of fear. It's a, uh, a, a, a clear symbol, a clear communication. Don't you even think about <laughs> coming up in here. And. This was present when black people marched. It was present when Black Lives Matter movements were happening. We're not talking about a couple officers. We're not even talking about officers like, you know, if if all of them were black officers, you know, just in there. We got this brother looks like he's headed over to Afghanistan, like, or or a country that we've been to war with. This, they this is scary. And this is the presence that was present for what was spoken of as a nonviolent movement from the day that it was communicated. Present within the I want to call it a protest. We'll say Wednesday's protest was discussions of violence from day one, (laughs) I laugh because it's it's tough to fathom these things. That that there can be such a different examination of the two and the presence of police was on is it's it's almost laughable. And why why are you raising this, Pastor? Because I, I, uh, pastor, are you saying then that that the government serves as as the church? They are they are our authority. Yes, they are authorities over our physical bodies, no authority over our spiritual bodies. A government makes laws over our physical bodies. We can come and go and have different things affect us physically, spiritually. They have no dominion over us. But. But churches and god's people or what is deemed as god's um uh uh, political party by whites black christians tend to vote democratic white christians tend to vote republican it's not a racist thing it's just what the facts bear out if you go look and do any other research so what is seen as the white christian party the republican party Uh, Has has in the past four years been extremely uh, in step with the Republican Party, the, the 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 white Christian evangelical church. And unfortunately. The past four years, but specifically the past six months have been heartbreaking. I have listened to pastors speak. In ways that range everything from from them preparing their church members for a civil war where God's army is going to have our back. and all the way to pastors calling on angels from Africa to come and vindicate it. It has been quite crazy to watch some of the man-made traditions. One where some people's worth is raised higher than another be on display. And that is totally counter to the gospel. Totally counter to what Jesus has, has, has instituted totally counter to this beautiful covenant we get to live in. I'm saddened because my, my cousin bought Nerf guns for her children and doesn't let them play with Nerf guns outside because of the, Potential for them being mistaken of having a real gun and them losing their lives. From the White House to some church houses to some people's homes, black people feel the weight of the injustice of man made traditions that are cloaked in godliness. And it's got to be exposed and continue to to our president. I do honor the role of president since I've become a lead pastor. Uh, I look at some of my before and after pictures where I used to be like. And now I'm like, you know, what I'm saying like, I know <laughs> I know it's no joke and i pray for our leaders even when i don't agree with them but before the election even took place like 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 we have we had a president that was saying the whole thing was going to be rigged and the whole thing was going to be against him and if i don't win it's a sham but if i win there's no valid evidence Of any tampering. There's no valid evidence yet. Of of anything we and, and you can't tell me about like Mary Sue that's saying something off in podunk town. Like, no, like there have been so much time, money and energy in making sure things ran well. that we don't have evidence of it not running well and with no evidence our leader continues to stoke the fires of him being wrong of him being the victim of him being the one who is being attacked. So much so that he laid pressures on cities like ours in Detroit, brought forth uh, legal matters and tried to sue and even put pressure on people in his own party that were in charge of elections saying. Go find the votes. I mean. Which tradition is being hand down, handed down when we see that type of. Lifestyle, that type of behavior, that type of conduct, it's the tradition of privilege. It's the, the, the tradition of no longer losing, that with, with God on our side, losing isn't an option. And sometimes we lose, <laughs> but God is still with us. You see, it is it is sad that 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 we have to somehow find ways as as parents to to filter the reality for our children. As our children are looking at the model or what is supposed to be the model for our nation. And they're saying, mom and dad. Is that true what he's saying? Is it is it? Sorry, honey, don't say those type of words. We are having to filter from them a warped view of, wait, but I thought that was the Christian party with the Christian leader. And we are struggling to find integrity. Everything from speaking the names of of groups that are totally racist and have it within their dna like the proud boys to conspiracy theories that i still have trouble even saying a name qa9 like come on y'all are we really seeing these things in the group that's supposed to represent jesus most in the world lastly if you notice, in order for Corbin to take place, in order for these Pharisees to be able to have this organization that or they to, to be able to undermine giving to their parents, undermine what God's word said, there was an entity that they had to go through. And this is what scares me. They had to go through the temple. They used the temple as a way to undermine God's. Word. See, I'm, 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 I want to be cautious, y'all. And I say that because I know our church uh, uh, has a majority of people uh, lean Democrats. But I think it's a a fear that I worry of for Democrat and Republican alike that we will be drawn to see the church as a conduit that aligns most perfectly with a political man-made entity and in that we start to find our being. We start to find our, our place of rest. Yes, it's most clear right now and you got Republicans now that's trying to how you trying to backtrack? Oh, he was bad, and we should have known. And da, da, da. but there will be a, a a temptation, a a opportunity for us to take a man made tradition and hold tightly to it, and begin to look away from some of the godly ways that God is calling us in every cycle. Every political cycle, we get calls, texts, emails of politicians that now get ready to want to come and speak at the church, talk to people at the church, tickle our ears. Church family. I want you to be civically engaged. I want you to vote. I want you to to allow your voice to be heard. I want you to influence laws by having people who represent your your interests. But make sure. That you understand. That God is calling you not to compromise. That truth always trumps tradition. God's word always trumps tradition. And as attractive as tradition might be, to get what we want, to be able to ball out, to be able to have our our programs funded or our, our 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 buildings built, all these different our jobs increased, all those things, we are not married to a party. We're married. To God's commandments. I am. uh, I'm broken hearted. As I think of what took place this past week. I'm. uh, I'm also. a, a, A man. That doesn't claim to know all these things. I don't know much about voting processes. I don't know much about. The voting machines that folks used. If in five years it comes out that Biden and Harris had this landslide, had this system where they rigged everything, guess what I'll say in five years? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll be, God willing, I pray, I'd be humble enough to admit and repent. And that is what we have the opportunity to do. You see, God is is using this example so that we don't become hypocrites. If you've been in hypocrisy and you've walked arm in arm as a Republican and celebrated everything Trump said, then you probably have some stuff to apologize for. Probably got some stuff that you want to come down off. But but hypocrisy isn't just a Republican issue. Hypocrisy is a human issue, and whenever we are tempted to, to begin to, to find our joy and our being in something that's man-made, that begins to veer away, even undermine who God is, we better repent. It's the only way that we can move forward. And truthfully, I think it's one of the only ways we're going to be able to be a light to our nation again. Dare I say the world? This fracture has been big. But repentance can bring us close together again. Will you pray for that with me? I'm not trying to spite Republicans and see them suffer. That's my family crazy as they might be sometimes democrats too family because we have christians that are republicans and democrats so our goal isn't to hurt them to see them pay but our goal is that we would repent and whatever god wants to use to bring us to a point of repentance we trust that he'll use it whatever that is whatever pain our nation needs to go through to wake up the church to be the prophetic church that we need to be, God, use it. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the alignment that you all have in, in continuing to challenge me to, to assess properly the Republican and Democratic Party. I'm trying not to be balanced because this last week was not about Democrats at all, and I almost want to don't even want to say Democrats because people try to like to walk the line and stuff. We I mean, this last week was crazy, but what I'm thankful for is God's word, y'all. I'm thankful for Matthew chapter twenty-three, verse twenty-three. In a, in a similar vein, he's he's he Jesus is talking about some of the things that they are lifting up higher. Than the essentials, higher than what God's word is rooted in, it says, "Woe, to, woe, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness, justice, mercy." Faithfulness its what the Republican Party used to be known for. It's what generations ago, Republican Party was known for. I believe through repentance, Christians in the Republican Party can someday get back there. I believe through repentance. In every single aspect where you find Christians, you can find us being about his word. What he expects of us. And it's the standard that he has set for us. Let's not let tradition trump God's truth. If you are a person that's saying, Lord, Leon, Crew, I, I hear you talking about it and you've exposed some stuff in my life. Maybe I'm a little bit more greedier than I should be, or maybe I'm a little bit more socially inclined than I should be. Maybe I need to be asking for some God-centered discernment, but first I need God. Then we are here. And we want to offer you an opportunity right now to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Why? Because you're trying to build your own traditions, but you don't have the foundation. You don't have the roots. You don't have stability founded on God. And so life is a bit tough when you've got to create And manufactured all yourself. But God says I love you so much. I created the whole world. The heavens and the earth. I've created you too. And I have a plan for you. If you would listen. If you would accept me. And so during this time. We offer you the opportunity to. Receive Christ. And that means. That you acknowledge that Jesus died. For your sins. The sins that separate you from God. Jesus died took those so that you could have relationship with God. And then he blesses you with the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. So you know how to walk. So you know how to live. So you have some some discernment in this world. If you want to accept Jesus now, just simply say, Lord, I receive you. I believe that you are God. And I have sinned. But I thank you for Jesus Christ, who has forgiven my sins and put me in right relationship with you, who has died for my sins and put me in right relationship with you. Thank you for the spirit that dwells in me, that I might live for you in Jesus name. If that is a prayer you prayed today, if I was stepping earlier, I'm about to start stepping now because we are we would only be a fraction of what would be going on in heaven as they would be celebrating you entering into a new life. A life where you are now uh, uh, overwhelmed by righteousness. And so we as a church would love to talk with you, connect with you and see you grow. And so please join a Zoom call afterwards uh, where I would love to talk to you about next steps. But as a person who is who is already walking with Christ, the call to action is is rather simple. It's to it's to stand up when you see man made standards that are being put upon you. Now I'm good. Stand up when you see others tossing some some traditions that are ungodly on other people. Mm, I'm good. I don't think that's godly. But in order, family, to be able to to know when something is is man made that, that can lead to worship or something that is man made that can lead towards a a, a demise, we've got to know the commandments. Got to spend time in God's Word. And so, my, my request of you in 2021 is to develop some space for intimacy with the Lord. But also, sometimes we don't see those blind spots, we don't see when we're drawing hold and close to man made things. And so have people in your life that'll be open and be real and be honest with you. And don't simply ignore what they say, but consider it. Church family, I pray that in 2021 we'll be walking together in that fashion. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you. We are... All over the place. We're saddened that. Lives were lost. Even if it was people who. Were behaving in ways they should not have been still Lord. We don't wish death upon anyone. We had an officer there whose life was taken. And we, we we grieve. For his family. We also Lord are angry. We're angry that that our leadership could behave in these ways. We're angry that that the reality of injustice uh, is this palpable it's, it's just so clear and in front of us, God. Lord, in the midst of this, though, we know you are good. And we know that you are are working out for this to ultimately work towards an end goal of glorifying your name. And whenever you are glorified, Lord, we benefit. So father, if there's more time of you exposing evil and ill, that is present within your people, hypocrisy in your people, hypocrisy in your church or hypocrisy within those that seek to reflect you on the grander stage. God, convict us and then humble us that we would repent. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.